Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yes, indeed, it is the get right right here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers hey. 105.3. The fan Reginald Atatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Gotcha, Rodrigo Mendoza is on the ones and twos for you this evening. And uh, we appreciate you rocking with us. Uh, you can always get involved with the program on the truckwreck.com text line. That number to text in is 877-881-1053, where you were just telling a story and CA stories about uh, how Michael Irvin hijacked your uh, Hall of Fame jacket uh, yeah. to the Texas Black Sports Hall of Fame. Oh, and, yeah, uh, I got his jacket. He got mine. That's right. From the 808, they said, CA, the least Mike can do is tailor a suit for you. And your cap of colors. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to him about Absolutely. That. The don't. least he could do. The least. I mean. Now that my jacket can't possibly fit me no more. That's he got, right. He got it tailored to a teeth to fit him. That's right. I imagine he needs a shoehorn to get that jacket on. Probably. I mean, <laughs> it's like a perfectly. I mean, he just docked it up. His, his uh, tailor is, is an exquisite gentleman. And it made it look perfect. I would expect nothing less. Mike, nothing Mike, less. Mike uh, seems to, you know, they say yeah, like represent. you put your money where, you know, your, your mouth, mouth is, is and mm-hmm. where you, you know, value. Mike values looking good. Mm-hmm. Um, sure it, like I said, it's the get right right here. You can always get involved on the truckwreck.com text line. You can also check us out on twitch.tv slash Dallas fan cam or search YouTube on 105 through the fan on the Twitch. Cam Paranormal reminds us you can also listen to the get right on the radio, of course. And we appreciate everybody rolling down the road or yeah, listening to us on, on on a terrestrial radio. It's mm-hmm. it's all appreciated. Thank you for rocking with us. Sincerely, it means the world to us when you do that. Um, amen. Your Dallas Cowboys gearing up to face off for the second time the Philadelphia Eagles, and this time it's personal, right? Like part two. Oh yeah. Um, the Cowboys have an opportunity with this game to tie up the score. Um, in the standings. Um. And this is huge, right? Like this is a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. Currently, the Eagles are ten and two. The Cowboys are nine and three. They could both of these teams, if uh, the home run of play for the Dallas Cowboys remains as stellar as it has been, they have an opportunity to win this game and you know tie that up at ten and three and give themselves an opportunity to win this NFC East um, for the second time in a row. Put it like this: They've won fourteen consecutive games at AT and T Stadium. Do you remember the last game they lost there? It was in your lifetime. Well, I, yes, I, I do believe that. I'm not. I'm not. I'll that give young. you a clue. It happened last season. What's the game? That they, this is the worst part about it. I don't be remembering the That's seasons okay. game by game. I'll the, give you a clue. Okay. This was the last game the Cowboys lost, and the Cowboys 
put the quarterback into retirement with the first time he's ever lost to the Cowboys later that season. Oh, was this the uh, the Bucks, right? Yep, Tom Brady okay. and the Bucks. That's first right. game of the season. They Goodness beat the Cowboys. Gracious. That's where Dak injured his thumb. Remember, he was hurt? Yo, yeah. Cooper we, Rush we, came we won, in and then you got the five games. That's right. There you go. Yeah, and then they haven't lost a game since at home. And what this means for Philadelphia is this. Guess what? You're going to have to deal with a team that's very comfortable at home. 100%. Who, who also played very well in your building had they got one of those – Fumbles, Eagles, I think, fumbled three times in that game. And or recovered if Dak their own Prescott photo. plays his foot in the right place. Possibly. Yeah. But the whole point I'm trying There's to make is they, they went toe-to-toes. They something. did. That is something that you can say. And they went toe-to-toe in Philadelphia at the link, and now they're going to be back here at AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys are very confident and very comfortable, and you've got a quarterback, we're talking about Jalen Hurts, who's a little bit hurt with that knee. And you're coming off of getting whooped, beat down, and stomped. Don't beat up and whooped by those uh, 49ers. The question is, who going to take it? I think the Cowboys have the advantage. And we, we still got a lot of week to I'm discuss. I'm not saying the every- Cowboys going to win. I said they had the advantage. Well, like I said, we still got a lot of week to be able to discuss mm-hmm. this. And honestly, you look at what the lines makers have here. The Cowboys are the favorites in this one. Now, of course, they are hosting. So, you know, there's a little bit of slide there. But one of the things that makes this interesting is that you look around and you go, hey, man, um, this is a really good Cowboys defense on all metrics. However, watching these games, something I've been kind of, it's been hard for me to shake something that I feel like I've been seeing with this Cowboys defense. Oh, and it's, you want to share? Yeah, of course, man. It, it, it's the safeties. Um, so one thing you know, and you look at it during this last game against the Seattle Seahawks, Ultimately, this pass rush is going to deliver for you. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons is going to deliver for you. Mm-hmm. Demarcus Lawrence, going to deliver for you, mm-hmm. right? And we could keep talking about Big Bank Hank, also Dick Zua, who's getting up the field at mm-hmm. a great rate and really knifing into that backfield, showing his work. Like, this defensive line is really good. We spent a lot of time talking about these linebackers. The cornerbacks have been great when you talk about, obviously, Deron Bland with yeah. all these interceptions and pick six. Uh-huh. Pick sixes. The safeties have left a little something to be desired. And it's been talked about a little bit, but... Is this is this an issue for the Cowboys, particularly in this week, but also like overall for them? Because it felt like it was was displayed in a big way against the Seattle Seahawks, who did not look scared one bit to attack you down the field. Now they have the personnel to do this. Mm-hmm. We talk about the speed and the size of someone like a DK Metcalf, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, with the speed more than the size. Uh, Tyler Lockett, who is a fantastic route runner, like they had no fear to allow Geno Smith to hit you over the top, and they did it a lot, and they did it very well. And I think that pointed to, and I know a lot of people went to Deron Bland, but I definitely looked at this this safety play, and I was right. like, this is not. I mean, the first one was uh, Donovan Wilson, who was yeah. in in coverage in a way that I don't typically in, imagine seeing him in coverage, and he did not he did not cover himself in glory. And so, do you, Chris Arnold, look at these Cowboys safeties and see them as some level of safety, uh, same level level of an issue for them? Put it like this: they were a strength last year. And in fact, hundred percent, the quarterback of the defense. Goes by the name of J. Ron Curse. Yes, green dot on the back green of his helmet. Green dot on his helmet. He's the guy that's been calling the plays, and he is a huge leader in that locker room. He actually missed the Thanksgiving game because of back spasms. Mm-hmm. He played a lot last year through injury and was a beast. Um, and Donovan, Donovan um, Lewis. Jordan Lewis? Jordan, no, no, Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson? Donovan Wilson. You, you mixed both of them. You yeah, combined, mixed, I mixed. Although... If we could combine them into one dude, yes, that'd be a really interesting player. Yeah, not what we're doing here, but no, just a thought. Dono led the team in tackles, and I was told by Tang Lawrence because I was like, I don't like the fact that the safety led the team in tackles. That means too many 
people were getting down the field. He goes, no, no, Donald's making behind the behind the line of scrimmage tackles too. He's all over the place. Mm-hmm. He's just all over the place. He's and just he, a missile. And Marquise Bell is playing his best ever. So I like the fact that they're doing all right. Now Bell is more of a linebacker. Yeah, he's he's playing linebacker at this point. Yeah. Yes. Well, here's the thing: the way Dan Quinn uses these safety, a lot of them are like. He has a what he calls a big nickel package. Yes. Where these safeties play like corners and they'll be in the slot sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're not the strength, they have been out of position this year. And Seattle took advantage of it because they said Geno Smith was getting rid of the ball quicker than he had all year long. There's no game than he had a than that game right there, they had the quickest release. It's like he wasn't even surveying the field. He knew exactly what he wanted to do and just took it. Took it from the Cowboys. And I'm I'm like you. I'm like, that's the safety's fault. They were out of position, and that's why those chunk plays kept turning into chunk plays. And then you also have to throw in the fact that uh, what's his name is a beast uh, wide receiver. DK Metcalf. DK, pick your poison. Who would you rather have? Both of them are fearful. DK or uh, uh, Debo? Because both of them are big and strong. Yeah, give me Debo Samuel. Like, he has a little bit more of this uh, change of direction mm-hmm. in a better way. But, no, those it's, it's not a bad choice to have to make. But, like, this game I thought was illustrative of something that feels like it's been happening all year. You mentioned J. Ron Curse. J. Ron Curse last year felt like he was somewhat of a cheat code. You could put him on an yeah. opposing tight end, and it felt like he would lock them down. Right. We haven't seen that this year. In fact, and maybe it's that's his back. It's possible. It is possible. Um, both the, all these guys, it feels like got paid recently, and I'm not trying to say they got paid and thus they are bad, but it just it's really in inconvenient that you're seeing a lesser play from these guys. Or are they older? Like Hooker's older. Yeah, and he's ha- he's had injuries rob him of like really great play. He, mm-hmm. I mean, before being yeah, injured, with Colts, yeah. an incredible player with the Colts. And yep. even then, you've seen some of that play. It's There's a reason why all these guys got their money from these Cowboys. They've given you really good play. It's just been a little disappointing seeing them this year. And one of the tough things about it is safety play, there's not really easy metrics that you can look at and go, okay, well, this is how you judge them, per se. Mm-hmm. However, I'm trying to utilize, and I'm going to lean on pro football focus here. Now, I understand pro football focus gets a bad rap for some folks, but rock with me here. I will, I will give you the more subjective... Uh, pro football focus rankings or ratings, right? Like the ways that they view mm-hmm. this. I'll also give you um, passer rating against, which is a little bit less, you know, a little bit less subjective in the ways that I think some people have some questions with the way that pro football focus grades. And this will be a little bit more closer to, you know, the, the pass rating given up against them, even though that is not really an exact science in a way. But we'll try and pair these together. I looked at all the safeties in coverage when we talk about, um, and the coverage grades that they have, and and, and I, I mean, all the safeties in the foot, in NFL football to this point, the highest rated graded one is Wanye Thomas, who's literally the fifth highest graded in coverage at eighty three point two. Now that's the that is the metric that is given by Pro Football Focus. Mm-hmm. After that, Donovan Wilson is a seventy eight point nine, which okay. is good for tied for tenth in the league. Mm-hmm. You got to scroll for a little bit before you get Uh-oh. to the next one, who is Malik Hooker, who is 40, the 44th ranked safety when we talk about coverage, 67.7 uh, as a grade. And, of course, it's 100 scale. Mm-hmm. The thing that worried me on top of that, right, like I said, those are the pro football focus grades. Maybe you think that that's an exact science. The passer rating against Malik Hooker this year has been a 125.0, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. they're doing a good job which means he's not doing as good of a job as you want. The pass rating against Donovan Wilson is a 136.6, which 
which means they're doing a good job, which means he's not doing necessarily a good job. Wanya Thomas, 109.7. Better, but still not necessarily the job that you want. Um, let me see if I can find J. Ron Curse because I ain't seen him yet. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And when we talking about grades, and, and so he like, him, like I said, he's the impact guy from last year. He his is he a really is. a forty eight point nine on the grade. Again, this is a hundred scale, and that's mm-hmm. a pro football focus. And so like ultimately, now his for some reason his passer rating is significantly lower uh, when we talk about against. But all of this and th- that was all in man coverage. When we talk about zone, it's all lower for these guys. Mm-hmm. The grades. And so with all of that being said, this is again not an inexact science, but I'm looking at this and I'm like. Yo, this is a problem because, like, you already have – this is, like, more coverage that we're talking about, right? The linebackers have been good about getting downfield and, and you know, getting in and trying to you know make the run fits and whatever. Um, in coverage, Marquise Bell has been solid, but you, you need those safeties, especially when you're playing three of them at a time. Yes, you do. Um, to play well. Mm-hmm. And with you see them not playing well – it really concerns me, especially when you look at teams that are going to attack you over the middle. Yeah, they will exploit that. And teams that I think are going, well, the Niners do a great job of attacking you in the middle. The Eagles are also one of those teams uh-huh. that like running these deep ends and deep uh-huh. overs and stuff, and they have the speed with uh, A.J. Brown or Demonte Smith to attack you. And that's one of the things that's really concerning, not just for like the regular season, but where you want to go is through teams like that, and they are going to be exploiting play of the safeties that feels like it has not been up to the standard that they established for themselves. See, this is why when people say, oh, they played Seattle too low close and they should have been blowing them out. Remember that spread was like nine and a half points. You, McCarthy said it best. You want games where there's some adversity so you can see who you've got. So you can see what you're dealing with. You can see who's in the foxhole with you. So you can sort out what is our weakness. Be glad you played a close game against Seattle now so that you can tweak this thing and figure out, can you make those adjustments? And you you won the damn game, too. You also came back from behind. First time they had been behind in the fourth quarter uh, at home all season. So they came back, and again, this is just saying what you just noticed. You know those coaches looked at those numbers. Yeah, and obviously they did, this team seems to do a really good job of self-scouting. Mm-hmm. And from the 6A2 who says these numbers are kind of fluff, I watched the games and I don't remember watching games saying, man, they, they're killing Hooker. This is why it's really tough to grade safeties. If you do not know exactly what their, their responsibilities are, yeah. it's really tough to grade that. Right. And we don't get a good job. I'll give you one. Yeah. When Deron uh, Bland got burnt by um, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Yeah. That wasn't really on him, but it looked like it was on him. It was on the safety who cheated too soon. Yeah, absolutely. And that was Donovan Wilson. Also, when I say that, right, um, in talking to various people around, because I I was I have not felt comfortable just kind of levying this myself. I really wanted to lean on some of the eyes of other people that I trust and mm-hmm. talking to a few people. They're like, yeah, this has been a little bit of an issue. Malik Hooker's been okay. Right? The non-Malik Hookers have had a little bit of a mm-hmm. little bit of an issue, haven't mm-hmm. been as good as you really want them to be. But Malik Hooker's been okay. Now, again, even then. These guys have played better than okay. And so ultimately, yeah. the the idea that this is a defense first team, you need to be on your P's and Q's. And right now, they are not in the way that you really would want to. And I think some of that is you could get away with this, especially if that defensive line is really doing their thing. Right. But what, what happens if they're not getting pressure? Like it seemed like for a little bit of time during that Seahawks game, they weren't. Mm-hmm. They can they can get attacked. We got a Tolo, a get right Tolo, has an interesting point on some yes. of these numbers, how they could be skewed. 682 says, when you're blowing out teams like we have been doing, the other team just throws the ball all game trying to come back, and it kind of messes up those numbers compared to other teams. 
I mean, sure, but like these, this is more qualitative than quantitative as well. It's the quality of play that we're talking about than simply the amount of yards. Because again, yeah. uh, and mm-hmm. yes, the I imagine the passer rating will shift in some ways because of a. But there's there's been instances where you're blowing out teams and they're not picking up yards or picking up points necessarily, right? Like this is mm-hmm. not exactly just that they're getting you know they're getting torched in garbage time. I think ultimately. Especially people that I know are like grading this off of play and not just looking mm-hmm. at, oh, well, they're getting torched in garbage time. And I'm not basing this solely on numbers. It's just because there's not really a great way to express what's happening. This is just kind of to hope that you can get a little bit of a feel for it. But ultimately, the, the, they have not been as good as you want them to be. And what's tough about that is not just, okay, there's a part of your defense that's weak or weaker than it has been. Last year, that was a legitimate a strength. strength. Yeah, it was a strength. And that's the thing that gets me is like the 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 vaunted defense that we've seen from them, uh-huh. it part of that is when you have J. Ron Kirsch playing at a play, great place. It's when you have Donovan Wilson firing and getting into run fits and such. And it's when you have Malik Hooker back there um being a ball hawk and you haven't seen them be as good as they should be. And it could wind up to bite you, especially if you don't have enough linebackers healthy. And that's the problem they're dealing with right now not enough linebackers so where's that strength out there in the secondary it used to be the safeties and now all you can say is well we got a couple of good corners yeah and so hopefully they'll continue to play better as this goes along but and look i <laughs> to make it very obvious that i'm not just pulling this out my keister when we brought this up in crosstalk mm-hmm. super bowl winning scout brian brought said oh, what immediately yeah. all right he he agreed with me in an instant uh-huh, immediately and it's this is this is something that we don't have to, you know, play with kid gloves here, and I, I don't think that we should because this is a team that we have a lot of expectation sure. for, especially this side of the football. Right. We've given them a lot of right. praise. You, again, you're not saying that the safeties suck. You're saying they used to be the strength, and now they're a little more than average at the most. And so, look, I have. I think this might low key be an issue, and this is an opportunity for them to, you know, maybe shut me up if you come out against the Eagles, and of course, your pass rush will help you out getting Mm -hmm. after Jalen Hurts and the likes. But you've got to hold your own, and there's some big guys that are going to be coming across the field, and you're going to need to help the like of Stephon Gilmore and um, Deron Bland Mm -hmm. and Jordan Lewis. And Mm -hmm. those guys, I I, I imagine that they're going to need to show up strong. And I know that they are going to want to show up strong because they take pride in their work. And thank goodness Jordan Love showed up. I mean, Jordan Lewis showed up a little bit this last game. Absolutely. Because he had been MIA for a minute. I love the guy. Anyways, uh, it's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's chat with our friend Jared Sandler, the pre- and post-game host of the Rangers Radio Network, to talk about what the Rangers are doing and should be doing during the course of this offseason and through the winter meetings. We'll talk about it next on The Fan.
This segment on 105.3 The Fan is brought to you by Frankel & Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel & Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car truck wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one have been injured in an accident, contact Frankel & Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214-817-333-3333. It's the get right right here on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you alongside the well, the three-time Hall of Famer. I was about to say you're a World Series champion. Uh, three-time I mean, Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. Uh, appreciate you rocking with us here on The Get Right on 105. But guess fan. what? What's that? We may be talking to somebody that's going to get a World Series championship ring. That's great. Actually, it's a great question. I'll start with that as we uh, welcome in the pre- and post-game host of the Rangers radio broadcast here on The Fan, our friend um, Jared Sandler. Jared, do you do you know if you get a ring, a staff in, ring? in this situation? Yeah, my understanding is I do, but uh, I will. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Don't want to jinx anything, but yeah, I. I, I believe I will, and I. Uh, I will probably never ever wear it, but will cherish it uh, incredibly. Okay, you might want to wear it at a Rangers function. Yeah, I was. I was. Nah, I was gonna. I don't. I don't, I don't I'm I'd not talking. No, I'm not talking about with like the other players and stuff. I'm saying, let's say you're doing some kind of speaking engagement for them. And there you go. I don't know. I, I, I mean, if like someone was like, "Hey, we'd really appreciate if you brought it out." Yeah, that's maybe, what I mean. But I'm not like, I don't know. You're, it, it, you're we'll, such we'll a see. modest I, individual. I, yeah, it's it's just not that's not my style. I don't. Uh, maybe if I played, I'd, I'd feel a little different. Trust me, I, I'm I'm incredibly excited to get it, and uh, like I said, I'll cherish it. In, in you know in, indescribable ways and uh but it might be one of those things where i keep kind of in, in my home and um mm-hmm. again I, I feel like for charitable reasons if someone's like hey we'd love for you to bring it out at a certain event then yeah. i would consider it but uh i don't think i i don't think you'll see me wearing that thing too often now jared i love your modesty but in this instance, I'm going to need you to turn that down for a moment because you had a fantastic uh, charity event this weekend, the Swing for a yes, Cause you event, did. that benefits your Sandlot charity. And for a moment, I would like you to brag on, one, the event, and two, if you could just like point out what that money can do for this organization that you have because I think a lot of times we can talk about the fun of it and all the various things and getting to see uh, the World Series trophy, but obviously I want to be able to focus back in on what it's all for. Well, I, I just want to start since it's top of mind. I was, I was looking at some of the pictures, and there was a really cool picture of CA uh, bending down and, and talking to my my youngest nephew Matthew. And I was thinking, uh, not to date anyone, but several years ago, we'll say that was CA and me hmm. when I was my nephew's age, and I was running around Reunion Arena, and CA was uh, was manning the mic like he still does to this day, and uh, it was just kind of cool to think uh, CA that. You know, all all the time that's passed, and you know, we still have a relationship. And, uh, and 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 my nephew is there, and so that was kind of neat. But uh, right, yeah, let me I'm say right this, let me for this, because a lot okay. of people don't know this. I wound up asking you to be my NBA correspondent at the age of yeah. six years old for my talk show, and that's yeah. <laughs> and your that dad was, was able to tape the conversations, and the rest is history. I was back when like Derek Martin and Loy Vaught played for the Clippers. And, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a long time ago. Uh, and by the way, your your nephew won that wiffle ball derby. Yeah, it's a pity. It, I don't think he's listening right now, so I can say this. I wish he hit the ball that well in like real baseball. <laughs> but, uh, 
He definitely hit the the crap out of those wiffle balls. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean the the event was a lot of fun. I'm I'm so thankful to be surrounded by a, a team of folks who, uh, you know, bring ideas like that to life. And um, a couple of our board members had the idea to uh, have a change of scenery, and and we thought back uh, early in the year that. Globe Life might make sense, and they sort of ran with it, and then lo and behold, the Rangers win the World Series, and it, Woo. you know, made our our move even more special, having the World Series trophy there, and uh, just uh, you know, to to be able to to say for folks that they got to play catch or hang out on the field, which you know is the home of the World Series champions. There are a lot of I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there were a lot of people I noticed uh, who went over to right field, and they were looking in the the seats, and I asked one of them. Uh, a little later on, I was like, what, what were you guys doing over there? And they're like, we were just trying to look to see where Corey Seager's home run landed, in, you know, <laughs> game one. And it, it just kind of, it, it's a reminder like that. That's going to be yeah. an iconic moment in franchise history. And it's, uh, you know, just like when Vince Carter hit that three in the corner, even though that season didn't end up in the same way, but against the Spurs back in what, 2014, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I remember people went over to that corner on the court and would, you know, take catch an inbound pass and, and stuff like that. So that was kind of neat, but the money, uh, most importantly, the money goes uh, to essentially help fund uh, kids with disabilities and, and, and their opportunity to get involved in athletic activities or active programming. Uh, and uh, for a few reasons, we've gone down that path. One uh, health and wellness is a huge need for these kids. And unfortunately, uh, you know, it's it's different based on what challenges the, the, the individual might face. But the financial bar to clear to get involved is usually a little bit higher than it is uh, for those without disabilities. And uh, we don't want that to be prohibitive. Uh, we, we want we want all these kids to be able to have the same experiences that uh, I know that, you know, I benefited from growing up. Uh, and it's it's not just like the objective need for health and wellness, but just you know think about playing sports. You make friends. You uh, you, you develop a sense of self worth and responsibility, communication, leadership skills, problem solving, all these different things that can really benefit you as you grow up. And uh, you know these, these kids, what one of the biggest challenges they face is that people see them and they put uh, they put a ceiling on them, yeah. and they they limit their potential without even having a conversation. And uh, the opportunities that these kids get allow them to shatter those ceilings and um, and and surprise people by uh, accomplishing things and doing things that they don't believe is possible. And but they need the opportunities to do that. And so, what we as a charity want to do is help provide financial support to give them those opportunities and what was that number was yeah thankfully four hundred and five thousand dollars towards that end congratulations jared to your entire um sandlot charity team it's a fantastic thing that you guys are doing and i'm very glad that you were able to raise that level of money and hopefully make a huge impact in that end Um, well i appreciate it and 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 the thanks really goes back to to you guys and uh, the near 800 people who are there and all the other folks who support us from near and far because we can have these great ideas or these fun events, but if we don't get the support from the community, uh, we're not able to do what we want to do. And, and I'm, I'm so incredibly honored to have the, the level of support that we've received from the community over our 
seven years. It's, uh, it's, it's truly remarkable, and I can't, I can't express my gratitude enough. We're talking to pre- and post-game host for your Texas Rangers, Jared Sandler. And in order to make next year's swing of four cause just as, uh, just as eventful, the Rangers probably need to work on getting another World Series championship. And to that end, they began, I guess, by adding um, yeah. a, an addition today, right? Um, yeah. Who, who is this reliever that the Rangers add, and what does this mean for the bullpen? Yeah, Kirby Yates, uh, oh, he, a few years ago, had one of the most lethal change-ups in baseball. And, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about Devin Williams and his change-up. Kirby Yates is a, uh, you know, had a pretty special change-up as well. He got hurt, came back, wasn't the same in his first year back. But then last year was really good uh, for the Braves. And so you got a guy, I mean, he, he'll he'll walk a batter or two, but, uh, struck out 80 and 60 innings, gave up, I think it was like 35 hits. So he's tough to hit. And, uh, you know, he's in his mid-30s, one-year deal. There's obviously a lot of volatility with uh, the bullpen. But Kirby Yates is a great example of how you can build a bullpen without necessarily needing to spend $20 million on an individual. That's not to say the Rangers won't still pursue Josh Hader. But there's some really good relievers out there. Uh, and Kirby Yates posted an ERA just a touch over three. Uh, in around 60 appearances, mentioned around 60 innings. Uh, and so you got a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. Uh, swing and miss guy, that's something this bullpen needs. The Rangers have done a great job in the last couple of years of adding the swing and miss to their rotation. Now it's time to get that uh, for their bullpen. And, you know, Josh Spores, Jose LeClerc, they get strikeouts, uh, but they need some support. And so Kirby Yates is a guy who can do that uh, and had a nice bounce back year after Tommy John uh, knocked him down. He had a, a, a two-year stretch, essentially, where he just wasn't the same guy. Uh, but uh, nice bounce back last year for a really good team, and the Rangers hope to put him in those same competitive situations this year. Jared, a lot of eyes for the Ranger fans are on Jordan Montgomery. I'm not asking you if they're going to bring him back. My question is, how long do you think it'll, it will take before we find out where he winds up? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I mean, I think you're going to start to see some dominoes fall. I I don't know that teams are necessarily like I I think sometimes you wait for a certain player to sign because that player is going to set the market. Mm-hmm. I, I I think Shohei Otani is just in a totally different stratosphere. I don't know how much of the market he's going to set, but I think you've got a lot of teams who are waiting for Shohei Otani to sign to then have a better idea of what their roadmap might be because maybe they're in the running for Otani or maybe there's an indirect uh, impact that he's going to sign there and then that's going to make this guy available here. Maybe this agent doesn't want his player to sign because they're waiting for Otani. I mean, there could be a whole lot of reasons why that might set off a domino effect. You got a guy like Aaron Nola who already signed. He knew he wanted to go to Philadelphia. He didn't care about Shohei Otani. It was very evident that Aaron Nola wanted to go back and be a Philly. And so he just said, hey, I'm going to knock that out. Well, you know, a lot of other guys, uh, you know, maybe don't have that same that same feeling. You know, they want to see what options they have out there. So um, I, I think with Jordan Montgomery, I mean, CA, nothing really surprises me when it comes to the timing of these signings. So I – we could wake up tomorrow and maybe he says, hey, I'm, I don't need to wait for Otani. I got this offer on the table. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe it's one of those things where once Otani signs, which apparently is going to happen this week, uh, everything will kind of fall in line after that. But I, I do think the Rangers have a shot at, at Jordan Montgomery. 
Um, I, I'm still not going to sit here and say I think it's a, a strong likelihood, but I definitely think they are very much in the mix and in the running for Jordan Montgomery. Now, Jared, I think anybody who follows baseball, particularly during these winter meetings, sets the goal for the Rangers as you know, bolstering the rotation. And the idea of you know bringing back Jordan Montgomery or maybe signing a pitcher is you know is nice, but I think maybe more could be done. Is it, is it possible that like a trade could be the way that this goes? And if so, like is there a portion of this roster that makes it that that would help facilitate those those types of endeavors? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know you can look at it just from the major league side. Uh, a lot of people have mentioned, well, you know, are they going to trade Laoti Tavares or trade one of their outfielders? And they could. I'll say that, you know, I think depth is such an underrated part of any team's roster in any sport, and it always, uh, it, it's never necessarily the most sexy thing. Uh, you know, no one's ever on a Sports Illustrated cover because they got great depth, you know, unless it's like a, a you know, a, a dearth of stars. Mm-hmm. But it, it's what helped wins games, especially over 162 games, and certainly was the case for the Rangers. But, with that said, they are in a position where if the right deal is pushed in front of them, they could move. Uh, and obviously with their infield, you think with Young and Seager and Simeon, uh, there are three spots that you know, uh, not a lot is going to change for the next few years. And so you think of a guy like Justin Foscue, who I still think has some you know, level of uh, appeal, and maybe he can be a part of a package and a deal for you know, fill-in-the-blank player. Uh, maybe the Rangers move at a, a much higher level. You know, they go after a guy like Tyler Glass now, and then you're going to see some some big names exchange between the Rangers and the Rays. I, I just think they have a lot of wiggle room. They've got a, a great depth, uh, not only at the major league level, but up and down their system in the outfield. Same with the infield. They're strong there. Uh, you know, upper level starting pitching isn't necessarily a strength. They could look to replenish that. Uh, it's not really an area from which they will deal. Uh, but I do think with the bats, they've got some depth. They can make some moves, and I wouldn't be surprised if financially things made more sense for the Rangers to move uh, on that front more aggressively than maybe stealing the headlines in free agency like they've done each of the last two offseasons. Well, hopefully, like you said, uh, things get shaking really uh, really soon as winter meetings continue um, in Nashville this week. Jared, we appreciate your time, and uh, again, congratulations on a fantastic uh, charitable event this weekend that was not only fun, we're really successful in trying to aim or, you know, trying to get towards the aim of your charitable mission. I appreciate it. And thank you guys so much for being there and, uh, you know, being such positive, uh, uh, you know, positive uh, sources of energy. I mean, I, just seeing you guys out there having fun, having a good time really makes a big difference. And CA on the mic, whenever CA is on the mic and, <laughs> uh, what, Man, what, what were you singing? CA, CA was singing some uh, Montel Jordan, right? Yeah, when you get this is how we do it. Yeah, you know it's going to be a good night. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate you guys being there, and thanks so much for having me on. Yes, okay. sir. That's Jared Sandler, pre and post game host for uh, on the Texas Rangers Radio Network right here on he one oh five three. I want to see that ring. I, look, he knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs> if he gets that ring, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he, I'm gonna, gonna need to see that. We're gonna try that ring out. I'm gonna need that. That's all. Um, it's the get right right here on one oh five three. The fan coming up next. Let's do a little sharing time. We'll do that next on the fan.
This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Classic Chevrolet is leading the way to finish the year number one in America. They're racing hard with year-end savings on over 400 Silverados. Shop them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find your roads and relax and enjoy the difference. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Atatula alongside Chris Arnold. It's Tuesday night. That's damn feeling right. Feeling all right. It is, in fact, Tuesday night in the Metroplex, and you are feeling great with us on The Get Right. Appreciate you hanging out mm-hmm. with us on 105.3 The Fan. We got you to, uh, till 11 p.m. Um, coming up in about 15 minutes. We'll get you your headlines on this Tuesday evening of uh, kind of a quiet DFW sports, but, you know, still, we'll let you know what's happening around the sports world. Nonetheless, right now, though, we do a little thing on the Get Right where we do a little sharing time. What's been on the minds of the hosts uh, or, you know, what what things do we find interesting? Just a little opportunity mm-hmm. to unwind a little bit. It's, it's in the evening, you know, mm-hmm. I want to get you right in that way. So, C.A., what you got? Well, my favorite subject going to school all these years was history. Okay. I love history. Because, history buff. Okay. Yeah. History is written by the winners. Always remember that phrase. They do say that. When uh, a country or an empire gets conquered, whoever won rewrites that history to control the populace. For better and for worse. For better and for worse. Oh, boy. So I was thinking about Rome. Rome is a city, right? Everybody thinks about Rome. Once upon a time, it was an empire. That's right. It was all over the place. The UK. What's the UK stand for? United Kingdom. It used to be an empire. Not mm-hmm. just England, not just Ireland, not just, you know. Brother, check the British Museum. You'll see it. It used to be the sun never set on the British Empire. So I started thinking about countries. And you would think they'd have better food you after think. conquering every damn You world. would think. It's crazy. I started thinking about countries and what names they used to have. Uh-huh. Did you know what the name of this country was before it was the United States of America? Huh. Don't say North America. I'm talking about what they named it. I'm going to I'm talking about the ones who beat the British. Not the not the original Native Americans. By the way, the original Native Americans, they called this country Zunia. Huh. That's and that was that's Caribbean. That's what they called this part. Zunia. Huh. But I'm talking about what did the the Americans that fought the British, what did they call this country before they called it the United States of America? They think- didn't come up with the United States of America till September 9th, 1776. Now, you know something about me, C.A., which is I usually got a little bit of something about everything. Mm-hmm. I ain't got nothing for you here. Like, I have no clue. I found it amazing. Uh-huh. Before I give you that answer, and Tolos, you can text in 877-881-1053. That's a truckwreck.com text line. Did you know Australia wasn't called Australia for years? It was called New Holland. Ah, yes. Yeah, they they, they had a penchant for doing that whenever they went somewhere. Uh, them being the Europeans that uh, really got the into the colonial like New game. England, I mean, New Holland. New Amsterdam. New Amsterdam. Which is now called New York. Yep. Um, That's what they would do. They would say, the new world, this is the new this. Uh, what was the country? What is the country? What are the countries now that used to be Yugoslavia? You know? Oh, um, these are these are Pretty like easy. the ones in the in the Balkans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so is you said Yugoslavia. So is this Slovenia? Not Slovenia. You're right there though. Starts with a C. Oh, Czechoslovakia. No, 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 no. That's, no, that's, that's, that's Czech. Yeah, the Czech Republic and then Slovenia. Croatia. Ooh. Croatia and there's starts with a B. 
I know Bosnia. Yeah, no. Bosnia, Herzegovina. Yeah. Okay. Her- That's Her- what they got. Those three areas in Bosnia, Herzegovina. I'm really mad because I'm usually pretty good at geography. I'm know, just showing I know. my right And now. as people That's are tough. texting in for uh, what was the United States called before? Someone said, was it called Jerry World? That's hilarious. <laughs> no, it wasn't called the Confederation either. Uh, <laughs> did you Mexico. Know? Yes, sir. That was Texas. <laughs> it was. I love the answers. Keep them coming. This in. Is, Never forget. This part of Texas. The United Nations, hilarious. Mexico. What was Taiwan before it was Taiwan? It was Formosa. Did you know the country that was called Persia up until the 20th century? It was called Persia for hundreds of years. And then like in the 1940s, they changed Iran. Yeah. They changed it to Iran. It used to be called Persia. So when you go to your history books and say, oh, Persia, I heard that was a, it's, it's now Iran. What was Iraq? You remember what it used to be called? When you hear it, you'll say, I read that in the Bible. Give me the answer. Because the Euphrates River is up there in Iraq. Yeah. Mesopotamia. That's right. Yeah, the cradle of civilization. Uh-huh. That's right. Did you know that Ethiopia used to be known as Abyssinia? Abyssinia? Abyssinia. Did no, you? I did not. I, 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 apparently, I've, I've been uh, having a whole subsection of a blind spot here. Well, I'm just telling you, I love history. So these are the kind of things I like. Yeah, and, Thailand, and not only do you love history, you also love geography. So this yes, is a great map. Oh, you love maps. a good map. Yeah, Man, me and RJ Choppy love some maps. Thailand used to be called Siam. So when you heard the king of Siam and those yeah. plays, that's Thailand. They just changed the name. There you go. So what did, somebody looked it up. It was called, the United States was called the United Colonies. Before they said, that's so... Oh, yeah, that makes that's sense. That's so weak. Let's just tighten this thing up and call it the United States of America. Well, I mean, once you, once you wanted to make it a yeah an individual nation was, state, yeah, I guess they yeah, were states. They said, you know, we're more than just colonies now. We're states. So they are no longer the United Colonies. When they beat the British, they were the United Colonies because the colonies united to over overthrow the British government. And there were 13 of them things, right? 13 colonies. Nice. Originally, yes. And that's why they have 13 stars. They had 13, excuse me, 13 stars. Uh, on the, on stripes, the they had 13 stripes. Now. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, shout out to the 945 who reminds us that Istanbul was Constantinople. Yes, it was. Uh, whole song behind it. Sure was. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, 469 says, see, you go on ahead and teach us something tonight. That's right. That's right. Got you down. How many? And yes, Australia. Australia was a prison colony. Correct. They was That's like, look, man. All you crazy people, y'all going, we're going to send y'all to New New, New Holland. <laughs> and what's crazy is like, you say crazy people, sometimes like, hey, you owe me money. Right. Get the heck out of here, That's dog. right. You owe me money. Go live somewhere else. Yeah, you. you. <laughs> get out of here. Get. Get to get. Get. Go deal with these kangaroos and poisonous snakes and tarantulas and stuff. Uh-huh. Anyways. Marsupials. Uh, yes, definitely. A lot of mar- marsupials. Koala bears. Yeah. With chlamydia and stuff. That's crazy. Um, As we continue Kangaroos. sharing in sharing time, um, one of, you know, the NFL is like this this machine that continues to grow and try and engulf everything. Mm-hmm. And as they have been doing that, um, they've been f- trying to find things for the kids. And the Nickelodeon game has been one of those things, right? Obviously, Nickelodeon is a Owned by, uh, you know, it's part of that Paramount family right, of things. Right. Well, Chris, do you know who has the Super Bowl this year? The uh, Las Vegas. Yeah, area. they're playing in Las Vegas, but do you know which broadcaster has the Super Bowl? Oh, is it CBS? I believe it's CBS, which well, means CBS. CBS is also in that Paramount, which means they have an opportunity to do something very supposedly fun for the kids, which is oh. Nickelodeon's first ever Super Bowl broadcast. Are they going to slime people? 
I imagine that they have to, right? Like, yeah, it's not a Nickelodeon broadcast without slime. However, so this I find this interesting because I think about this when I was younger, when we went to like a Super Bowl fam- uh, show or party rather as a mm-hmm. family. I was in there with everybody else. Mm-hmm. Are they is how would Super Bowl parties work with everybody else? Do the kids spend get to do it with everybody else? Are they in the big room with everybody, Mm-mm. or are we gonna have like it a did, separate TV? Because look, it, if it the did. kids want to watch the, the the Nickelodeon broadcast, are we putting the Nickelodeon broadcast they, on the general they, TV? They have to go in their own rooms. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta see that in a family room because everybody want to talk about whatever else they see in. Right. And so I'm interested in like how are people going to go after this now? If you are inclined to want to watch any of the Nickelodeon Super Bowl broadcast, apparently they'll probably have teenage or little kid broadcasters too. Well, I know in the past they've had um, like Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson, kind of younger guys that understand the football that uh, actually call the game, and then so, they'll have some other folks, you know. So with CBS, you have some little kid going, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I was about to try and do the. Thinks they're gonna sneak the ball. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave you to do the uh, the teenage <laughs> Tony Romo voice. I'll let that one let that one ride with you. But apparently, SpongeBob SquarePants and Patrick Starr are the co-hosts of this. Look out! Your sideline reporter Sandy Cheeks. Uh oh. Larry Lobster will be on commentary. There it is. Dora the Explorer. Never like Larry. Yeah. Well, Dora, Dora the Explorer. Dora the Explorer and, and boots apparently. And yeah, that boots and rules the map. expert and the map. Be like, oh man, looked like uh, he stepped out of bounds there. Right. Uh, was you he did it. You did it. That's right. That's right. All right. We need to check the map, see if he got the first down, all right. that. Uh, I'm I'm very intrigued to see, like, how far this goes, right? Because we know the Super Bowl is the biggest television show on, yeah. you know, on Earth, yeah. or at least in America, in American television. I don't want to speak on things I don't know. Um, but I'm interested to see, like, what a secondary telecast will do, particularly one of this nature, because I think they've previously kind of done this on games that felt – yeah. Less important in the playoff week, right. you know, window. Some with Thursday night games. Right. And it feels, you know, I if it's one of these games where you're like, I can afford to watch this on Nickelodeon. I'm interested in seeing what the singular Super Bowl, right, where typically people watch as a giant group, you know, in the living room. Mm-hmm. And if this is going to get any level of traction. I think it's going to be wherever the kids are. If the kids are outside, somebody got a flat screen outside, you know, like sometimes they take their flat screen to the tailgate party. Kids, y'all can watch this outside. I think the grown-up TV is going to be where all the grown-ups are. I just really believe, and I give the NFL credit, because when they first did that deal with Nickelodeon, I knew exactly what was up. They said, wait a minute, we're not going to be like baseball and lose the younger end of our yep. audience. We want these kids to grow up to love football. So we're going to start down low and slime some of these football players so they'll enjoy it, and then all of a sudden they'll learn the game and not just we won't lose a younger target audience. Yep, and so Super Bowl, this Super Bowl this year, will have a Nickelodeon broadcast. Uh, let me know if you have any interest whatsoever in that. Um, 877-881-1053. That's truckwork.com text line. Well, you know who else is going to have the Super Bowl as well? Who's that? Univision. And you know what's going to happen when they score a touchdown? Goal! Goal! goal touchdown! Goal! 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 Yep. Goal! Yes, sir. I can keep going. I, I just wanted to show off for a second. <laughs> nice. Anyways, uh, that's sharing time right here on the Get Right on 105.3 nice. The fun. Fan. Uh, Coming up next, we'll get you your headlines on this Tuesday night in the Metroplex and around sports. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.